Hello everybody, it's me Ross and welcome to another edition of Game Day Extra Time, the show where the fans have their say on their club. And once again, I'm joined by fine four gentlemen to talk about the on-pitch stuff and the off-the-pitch positive vibes. I'm joined by Segs, Brad, Dazza and Matt as we talk about the AFC Wimbledon shit show. Although we're not going to cover it as much because what else is there to say? It, you know, we didn't think it could get any worse, but it did get worse against AFC Wimbledon. Also going to talk about Mark Ashton, who's recently been appointed. Uh, also going to look at the playoff hopes. Is it still there? Possibly not. Uh, and also look ahead to Cholton, our predictions. Um, I remember the last time we played Cholton, we were terrible and we are still terrible. Um, so, I'm going to firstly go over to Brad to talk about the playoffs. 3-0 defeat against AFC Wimbledon. Our first trip to New Plough Lane. Five fans up in the, in the flats watching on, cheering the boys on. And, uh, well, it was not good, was it, Brad? Is the playoffs over? Yeah, I, I, I think it's over. I think when we did this um, probably a month or two ago now, I wasn't confident then. Um, but just just because I, I, I don't believe in this squad of players. They're such an unbalanced group. Um, they're so they're just there's no drive and determination from on the pitch. They don't seem as though they're... They don't seem like a team, do they? And they've not had a set system all season. They've been, in my in my words, coached poorly for the last two years. You look at all of his teams in the playoffs, and they're either coming from a, a good run like Blackpool, or they've had a they've had a pretty good season as a whole. It's not been anyone who's suddenly jumped in there. Other than Blackpool, have been on a good run. But I, I don't see us deserving to be anywhere near the playoffs. We we, we play teams down the bottom each week, and we. We say to ourselves, which, which one's the bottom team here and which one's the one chasing the playoffs? And we don't look like anywhere near the side that he's going to make them. So, so yes, yeah, I think that's a pretty resounding no from everyone. Um, On to the game. I'm glad I'm going to talk about... I don't really want to talk about MK Dons. It's just, I'm not sure I really want to talk about this one. But just... i tell you what, I thought we started, OK? I thought it was, it was, it was even to start with anyway. It wasn't... I didn't really sense a goal coming at all. Um, Josh Harrop, uh, I'll tell you what, early on, he, I'd said it, I said on game day, didn't I, that he went in with a couple of flying challenges, didn't he? And I thought, Jesus. And then and then the frustrating red card that came after those two goals, just awful defending for both of them. Horrendous. Um, and then after that, you're not going to get back into the game. You just, no, no way. I mean, t- ten, 10 men, 2 0 down. No. No, it was over from then, and I was thinking to myself, my God, I've just rushed about, um, just picked my little girl up, had tea, still eating tea whilst I was watching the football, thinking I've paid £10 for this. And 20 minutes in, it's over. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. My wife was saying, well, God, I bet you'd gladly pay for that. I absolutely did. But, but yeah, um, it, was, it was a terrible, terrible performance. Um, just this time, I think we were killed off. I think Rochdale, we were poor. Um, poor against... We've been poor pretty much every game. All you have to do to beat Ipswich Town at the minute is turn up. I, I, you look at the Plymouth win. They were dreadful for the first 20 minutes. Bristol Rovers, two lucky goals in the first 10 minutes, really. There is only two wins, aren't they? You only really have to turn up to play Ipswich and you're going to win the game because our players just don't turn up. Earlier in the season, it was a bit of quality from 25 yards from Bishop or or somebody else, um, or it was a set-piece goal more recently. 
Now, none of them, none of them are coming to fruit. There's no goal threat. There's nothing there. So, and, and imagine going up with this squad. Imagine it's, it'd be much better to press the reset button in lead one and build a team in this lead than scraping around for players of a championship who, I don't know. I just think it's going to be better to build at this level than it would be to go up. And then you, you sort of think to yourselves, oh my God, we, this squad has got us up now. So do we reward the contracts? Do we give one or two new deals? And you'd be having all them questions. Whereas for me, you've got to, you've got to press the red button. You've got to change the culture. You've got to change change everything that is on that pitch. Um, I'm just so glad that we get our act together off it. Definitely. Um, I want to go over to you, Segs. Welcome back. I haven't spoken to you on game day. Uh, well, didn't speak to you after the AFC Women in game. Um, but the question to you, are you pressing that big red reset button? Um, you know, Paul Cook is tried his best, um, but these players are just not good enough. And um, are you going to let all of them go? Or are you still going to give them some a chance to get a new contract? Because so, so, so many of them are out of contract. I think if anyone follows me on Twitter, they'll know that I'm saying big, big, big refresh. Um it needs to happen. This squad of players um, have accepted the fact that we all applauded them off when we got relegated and they now all of a sudden think that these type of performance are acceptable and it's just not good enough anymore. Um, we, you know, we showed them our support by going down. You know, it was, you know, we, we showed that, we applauded them off, we told them that it's okay, we'll support you through this and then that and the fact that it's been, we're, we've been absolutely brilliant after all these games and really, really good. They've just got this losing mentality now. Um, they go to these games thinking, you know, we it's a tough place um, for some of these games. You know, we go to some some grounds and they think, oh, it's a tough place to go to. We'd do well to come away from a point. And then, but then sometimes they're thinking, like Dan said afterwards, apparently we should we should be winning these games. And then because they've they're so big headed, they haven't turned up, and they've let Wimbledon beat them. You know, it's just the mentality just isn't there at the moment for these, these players and we just did a massive refresh under a really good coach in my opinion under Cook um, just to push us forward like, and like Brad said in terms of going up this season we wouldn't stand a chance next season we we do have to we have to have a massive refresh and we have to do it in League One because otherwise it's just a big scramble um, and also we don't want to give any of these players new contracts if we go up I mean Brad said it just now is if, if we do go up you're then thinking oh Maybe we should give one or two new contracts. But why? They've been absolutely dreadful since coming down here. Apart from the start of last season, 2019-20, when we were 12 points, 15 points clear. Apart from that, we've had... What have we had to cheer about, really, in this league? I mean, there's been nothing, really. It's been absolutely dreadful. So, um, yeah. Chilling them away. Chilling them away. <laughs> well, even that wasn't a good performance, though, was it? <laughs> no, not really. It was just a... <laughs> it was a good, good game. You know, I enjoyed enjoyed being there especially in that that scaffolder stand but you know the, the actual performance itself I mean even MK Dons before that we won but they pressed us all for the second half we didn't have I can't remember having a shot on target or, or a shot the second half probably one or two I can't remember but I remember being all MK Dons after we went one up after no one scored so you know like you know in League One it's just been it has been dreadful um we do need a big refresh I think we will get that with the new owners and with Paul Cook in charge, but we can't slate Cook at the moment because these aren't his players. It's the players that have come that we've had before him, and he hasn't had a chance to to do what he wants to do with the club. Um, he said himself, major surgery is required. You need to, you know, just 
change a lot to get us where we need to be. Um, I think a big, big change happened today with Jimmy Walker leaving. Um, I think that's a, you know, it's obviously a Paul Lambert appointment. I do think he was a bit, I don't know, I wasn't keen on him. I think maybe it was because that tweet that he posted earlier on in the season and you, you always knew it was going to come back to bite him if if things didn't work out this season. And to be fair, it has done. So, you know, um, so yeah, him going, Cook's obviously going to bring in his own man in, in, as a goalkeeper coach. Um, you've got to think that Will Gill stay now, Matt Jill? Will he be here next season? Is he just going to ride it out to the end of the season? Will he be replaced? Possibly, especially now that Evans has got on. So, I mean, there's it, it, definitely going to be massive changes in the summer, and it's it's going to be for the good. Um, but yeah, yeah, in terms of the playoffs, I can't say it's going to now. I will uh, completely apologise for my shit-out second comments when Paul Cook <laughs> came in. But yeah, uh, I think just let this, the season's done. Just write it off. You know, we've had no fans this season. We've all been watching it on telly. Just start again when we can all go back to the ground, get the fans back behind you in August and just push on and hopefully we can get back to the championship where we where we all want to be. And I do believe with Cook and the new owners and a bit of backing behind him, we will get there. Um, may not quite be next season. You know, you've got to be realistic. I think maybe we've got to allow two years for this to get back to the championship at a push. So we can't, you know, it's, it's got to be a gradual, gradual thing. Next year, if possible, you know, great. But, you know, we can't be too, too, you know, can't be too push, too pushful for it. We've got to just go with it, enjoy the ride and just hope that we can get to where they want us to be within the next five, ten years. Um, I'm certainly looking forward to it. I hope everyone else is too. Definitely well said. And a beautiful shirt, by the way. If you watch this on video, you'll see Seg's shirt, a very good retro shirt from the 90s. I only wore it, only wore it because I know Darren's on here and I know that he said a few weeks ago that he doesn't like green shirts. So. I hate green shirts. <laughs> I hate green shirts. Do you like this one? Do you like this one? Surely you like that this one. That one's right because it's not really green, is it? And it's burgundy arms. It's, yeah, it's, it's when people are all green and... Um, yes. I just hate then it. Again, then again, because I don't really trust Darren with shirts anymore after you sent me the wrong one yet this week. Well, maybe I won't <laughs> send you the new one. <laughs> won't get into that. But um, Darren, I was going to go over to you next anyway. And yeah. um, I think the main focus is on the players now. Um, I don't think anybody's really judging Paul Cook because I think we could have had any manager. Sir Alex Ferguson could have came in and he probably wouldn't have done a wouldn't been able to sort these players out, unfortunately. Um, mm. So the focus is on the players, but also Cook, you know, he missed the two press conferences. I think people were getting a bit concerned. Is he resigned? Is it, What's happening? Um, but he came out and did, um, you know, the pre for Wimbledon and then, of course, did afterwards. And he said, you know, yeah, they are bored of us. The fans are bored um, and tired and bored of us. Um, you know, the, not us, not us game day extra time posse, you know, we're, all that and all that jazz. Um, but, um, you know, your take on Paul Cook, you know, first 10 games and his, his you know, comments, you know, he's he's speaking like a true fan, really, isn't he? I, I love his honesty. You know, it's it's something we haven't had for a while. Um, probably not since Jim McGilton, someone who just comes in and, and, and talks uh, like a fan, you know. And I love his expectations. I love... Um, how he sees the way that football should be played and what he expects from from a professional footballer. Um, you know, he's he made some comments after the Milton Keynes game, which were just absolutely spot on about, you know, if you're a professional sportsman, then if you lose, it should hurt. 
it should hurt. You should feel it. And, you know, he, he could see for himself that not enough of our players feel any pain when we lose. You know, sadly, I think, uh, although, it again, it wasn't by design with Marcus Evans, but all of that has happened since he took over. You know, since the money came in, players, free transfers, old old dudes coming in for a last hurrah, you know, Lee Bowyer and Bullard and all those guys that came in who couldn't barely last 45 minutes. Since then, the team has never been made up of a core of players who, you know, to use a sporting cliche, will die for the club. You know, and we haven't had that for a while. And certainly all of us here, um, probably more me and Bono, because we're slightly, we, we left school a bit before you, um, we, we, we grew up with a, t- a core team of people who loved the club. We had a real team. And for far too long now, we haven't had a real team. I don't, I, we really haven't. And, um, uh, yeah, uh, the cook sees it and he saw it immediately that he's come in. Um, as far as him missing the press, press conferences, um, I think it's ludicrous. I don't know if any of you guys said it, but if any of any one of those fans out there who were like, he's left, he's going to walk, it's ridiculous, ridiculous. He, um, firstly, I think he would have been angry at the performance at Portman Road. So he would have had a, you know, keep the players back and have a little word with them. And uh, certainly, you know, by the sounds of it, the, the the takeover was a bit of a kind of a mystery to him. He's come out afterwards and said he didn't know it was happening till Wednesday morning. Um, and so, you know, perhaps he was a little bit humming and hawing about that as well. But it's, yeah, the um, I love him. I've really taken to him straight away. He's going to be good for us. He's going to be good for us. But we just need, you know, as Sinks, you know, and everyone else has, has pointed on already, we've got to get rid of these players in the squad who've been with us now for three years. They're finally at the end of their lucrative contracts and we can start again. Definitely. And um, Matt, you've you've heard from the lads, um did you think it could get worse? Um, Tuesday night, it did get worse. Um, and as we said already with Paul Cook, you know, he's, he's tried his best. He's done all the formations. He's done all the five substitutes, but just he's not been able to make this team tick because there's so many there that just needs to lead the football club. Um, so to round off this chat, um, Paul Cook, is he going to be the man that will take us? Because um, there's a bit of ramblings going on. People saying, well, I don't know about Paul Cook, you know, but... Ten games in, he's oh okay, he's got the oh gladiator style. He's got his thumb in the middle. Ooh, <laughs> it's a thumbs up because that is a stupid, stupid discussion to have. <laughs> but um, over to you and welcome back to the show. Thank you and hello, good evening and welcome. Um, is he the man? Well, hell yes, he is the man. I mean, let's just put ourselves in the great Paul Cook's shoes just just for one minute. He's come in. He's been in discussions with people for a while. And um, and then, you know, it, depending on what you read and who you listen to, he's he's been told, he's been given a job. And we think that the previous owner has said, yeah, these, these American consortium are going to come in and invest lots of money. And Paul Cook's like, excellent. 
nice one boss and then he wakes up and it's like marcus evans is gone and these investors are now the new boss and it's like well come can we all just put ourselves in Paul's shoes, a Paul shoes, a Paul Cook's shoes for one minute and imagine getting to work, turning up, clocking in, getting changed, putting your uniform on, and there's like a new governor there. It's like, flip me. What 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 do you do? And I think he's put a brave face on things, but let's also remember that he's not had a transfer window and he's inherited well, to coin a phrase, a load of old bollocks, isn't he? You know, I, I think I think if we were to look at if we were to grade like our squad, like in football manager terms, our determination and leadership would be would be so low, wouldn't it? It's like, and, and, and like Darren said, you know, we when we let in a goal, you know, these these players should be hurting, and yeah, they probably do think, oh shit, they've scored a goal, which means we might need to put in a bit more effort, but. But nobody looks gutted, do they? You know, for all of Stephen Ward's faults, you, you can hear him like berating some of the younger players, like you lost your man. You know, how many times are we conceding goals because people are just switching off? You know, and whether or not that's got anything to do with zonal marking or or, or, or man marking, I don't know. But it's just it, it's 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 painful, isn't it? I, I mean, we could you you could do a Kings of Anglia special entitled what would you change about our team and whilst i certainly agree with the sentiment about getting rid there's still a part of me that thinks you know about some of these players like some some of the potential that we've got you know the beginning of the season at least we had a game plan with with with, with Dizel. and i'm not going to i'm not going to use the word pivot and quarterback and things like that you know he's 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 a creative midfielder that, that drops a little bit deeper, and for the first kind of few games that that certainly worked, didn't it? But there needs to be an outlet. You know we can blame the midfield for not creating, and we can blame the forwards for for not scoring. But but somewhere in between there needs to be the creative players creating chances and giving it to the forward forwards that have that have run into the channels that have created space you know every time i think who was it it was either accrington or fleetwood and they were running the channels and it was so simple it was almost like it was almost like a smith's crisps show me age there you know the packets of crisps with a little bit of salt in darren you remember that i got you football coaching videos yeah and like you know, basic skills like lose your man, pass and move. I think the the great thing about Paul Cook is that he's he's a proud Liverpudlin. He wears his heart on his sleeve. You know, he's already come out and said, "I support Liverpool." Well, you know what? You're guaranteed goddamned that he will want us to play absolutely fantastically, and he'll want to get our boys like fully revved up, fully playing, playing decent football. Football. You know, I've often I've often heard this playing the Ipswich Town way. Can anybody remember what the Ipswich Tailway was? Because I can't. So, I can. yeah, I can. there you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, Brad got his hand up. Um, I also saw Seg's got his hand up as well. So, Brad, take away first. Yeah, I, I just feel I feel sorry for Paul Kurt. I really do. I mean, I think if if these three games against um, Hull, Doncaster, and Accrington 
if I ended in draws or defeats, nothing would be being said about all good right now whatsoever. Those three games created unrealistic, real, unrealistic expectations. Yes, we were very good against Hull, but that was probably Hull's worst performance of the season. Doncaster, we had 20% of the ball, did we, or something? We, it, was, it was down to Doncaster not being able to create. And yes, we did defend well, but they were two set-piece goals. Accrington, we'd have lost the game if, if they would have gone down 10 men. They started like a household fire. Accrington did, and I was thinking, God, this could be quite a few. And because of that, Paul, Paul Cook has come into a side, one point outside of playoffs, and I'll, I'll admit myself, I, I was thinking, look, if he fails to get this side in the playoffs now, on the back of three win, three win and game run against the opposition we have left to play, then it could be it's it's got to be a failure. But now I see myself where this this squad like there, there, there is talent within it. There is there is talent within it, but they they've been coached so poorly for the last two years. Whenever someone's got the ball, they've only ever got one option. You don't see loads of players moving off the ball and. Like, like Matt was saying, running down the channels. How, how easy is it to do that? And he's, he's not been able to have a... He's been trying to find different formations because he's had no goal for it, um, because the set-piece goal's dried up. And he, you've got to do that. Like, I've seen people say, like, oh, well, he didn't have to change anything. He was just do what Matt Gill was doing. Well, Matt Gill was just kind of keeping it tight. We weren't playing brilliantly, were we? We were just keeping it tight and, and on second balls, really. But now, as the season's gone on and we're losing games and we're drawn against Rochdale away, the heads have dropped as well in the players. But the coaching was never there. The endeavour kind of was, but now it's just gone. Because when you're not getting results away like you should be getting, you're not going to have any belief. And those two combined, yes, they might still be technically on the ball. Yes, Dazelle might control the ball lovely and just pass, pass it off sideways. But that's not going to win your football matches You've got to have heart, you've got to have fight, you've got to have people like in the Fleetwood midfield who ran their bollocks off, Matt's favourite word, all game. You've, you've got to have you've got to have engine, you've got to have right you've got to have ideas. And the reason I feel sorry for Cook is because these Americans, looking at his record, I know they're gonna be well informed by English guys who know Paul Cook. But they could be looking at it thinking, Do I trust him with my money? Do I trust him to build a squad? I'm about to inject all this cash. Do I trust Paul Cook to go and build a team to then, in my mind, think I might be sacking him three months into the start of next season because I've got that, what has happened towards the end of last season, in the back of my mind as well. So I feel incredibly sorry for him. He's got a bunch of players who are now being told not good enough. They can't hack it. Um, I'll probably save that chat for later because I want to go into the expectations that were made from McCarthy and McGoldrick and his comments and Bart's comments, I'll, I'll go into that later. But I just generally feel sorry for Cookie because he's a really good guy and he's a good coach, a good manager who knows his way of playing. He hasn't got the tools to do it. So let's judge him when he has the tools. Well said, Brad. And um, Sex, over to you then. Um, I saw you put your hand up earlier. Well, that was, yeah, was, was probably five minutes ago, but carry on. <laughs> I, don't, I also don't understand people who are perhaps judging Cook um, at the moment. I mean, these are probably the same people who, when Lambert came in, PR Paul worked his magic and everyone was saying, I'll oh, give him time, give him time, you know, we'll get relegated. We'll applaud him for doing what he's doing. Um, it's not his squad yet. Cook's come in. It's not his squad either. Yet all of a sudden, because he's got the credentials, he's 
faulted for it because he hasn't been able to turn it around, even though these players have been coached the way they have in so long. And yet he said time after time, he knows what's wrong. We need major surgery. You know, we need to get the players out that aren't performing. And he, he, he's obviously worked out what he needs to change. He, he knows what he needs to bring in. Yet for some reason, we've given him 10, or not us as such, but some have given him 10 games and all of a sudden he's not good enough for the club. What? <laughs> give him a give him preseason for Christ's sake. Let him do what he's got to do. I mean, it's it's just laughable. Um, some people who are actually, you know, judging him for what the games that we've had. Yeah, performance doesn't look good, but were the performance under Lambert any good after he took over from Hurst? Not really, were they? Didn't change much at all. So, you know, it's people have short memories. Um, you just gotta remember that this is a long term issue. We've got to sort it out. It's a long term fix. We can't he's not gonna do anything short term. We had those results under Jill, but Brad's already gone over that. So, you know, it's, it's, it was what it was. And it was just, in some ways, it was a bit of a fluke. Um, perhaps give us high hopes, but, it's, you know, we, we can't change that now. And it's what's happened has happened. He's come in. He knows what he's got to change. We, he's in it for the long haul. We know that. Um, so, yeah, let's say I'm, I'm excited for the future. And also going back to Darren's point earlier about um, we haven't really had a team. It's like under Jim, really, is the last time we really saw anyone care. On the flip side, I do feel like the playoff season was the last time that we actually saw these players really care about the club. I mean, you had Barrow and Smith at the back, Chambers on the right. As much say what you want about Chambers, but he did still care about the club. Bart at the back. Tommy Smith did. Yeah, Tommy Smith, yeah. I mean, you had you also had um, Bishop as well, obviously, here, starting out. Yeah. Murphy and McGoldrick, that was that was a good squad for us. Um, you know, but how many was that, like eight years ago? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I do agree. Yeah, with that, it's, so ago, you know, it's so long ago. It's so long ago. Six of 2015. <laughs> That's still long ago, yeah. <laughs> Even so, though, the, the season after that, we we probably would have done so much better if it wasn't for Fraser getting injured like he did. We had a proper proper winger there that season. If it wasn't for Fraser getting the injuries mm. that he sustained, we probably would have had another good season if it wasn't for that. Yeah, it was only true. because Mick started putting Freddie out on the left that we kind of we started failing, really, which yeah. we all. <laughs> But yeah, we're not going to go into the half past too much. We're looking forward to the future. It's under Evans now. We look like yeah. it's under the Americans now. We look forward to the future and exciting times are ahead. Yeah, funny, funny enough, I, I just quick, very quickly, silly little story. I, I do understand how Paul Cook feels. Right, one of the hardest and worst things I did in football was I managed my son's under twelve football team for about fifteen games, and it did not matter what I told them. Try what I, what we did with them in training. It, you know, how much I encouraged them, incentivized them. It did not matter because they all wanted to be strikers, and they they didn't care about losing. They weren't bothered. It it didn't matter to them. And if they lost the ball, they just stood there and just like, you know, give me the ball because I want to have a shot. But they didn't never want to win it back. So it was the most frustrating kind of three months of my life. We lost every single game. Going back to our players, though, that's that's the trouble when, again, going back to it, that's the trouble when you applaud them off for getting relegated or it's the trouble when yeah. you're being told after every game, oh, it's absolutely brilliant, really, really good. I was really pleased with the lads. Like, yeah, yeah. If Cook has come in here. I think it's in the years. because you're getting criticised for, for being the big table in League One. I mean, get a grip. Get a grip. Yeah. yeah. But do, you know what, do you know what frustrates me about about footballers? And and I see this at all levels. You know, I, I, I work in London, I, I commute in by train, I see a hell of a lot of like Isthmian National South players at railway stations, 
and and everybody and all these footballers they all look the same they've all got they've all got the beats by dre headphones these are just cheap ones they've all got louis vuitton bags they've all got <laughs> sliders and white socks and it's like I, I, I'm, I'm not off. yeah 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 their first tattoo how much can you do a sleeve for mm, why don't you just have one and then build it up you know not that i'm bias or anything but it's this it's this you know you you see them coming in on match day giving it the whole like that it's like you don't give a crap you know you should be proud you should be proud to wear that badge because there are probably thousands of football players all over the world that would absolutely they would cut their left bollock said it again yeah and you brad yeah all of us what we would do to grace that pitch as a yeah, I've, I've dreamt about yeah, it so many times. But that's the trouble with yeah. money. That's the trouble with the money now, isn't it? When you get big wages, it's, yeah. But it's, trouble is, trouble is, and and, and 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 I know what you're saying, but we're not talking big bucks. Oh, no. we're not talking. But they're still better. They're still paid better than what they were on the gym. And they're that's, the last that's, that we prepared. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know. If, if I'm totally honest, I I, I, I don't know what the problem is i i can't see you know on paper we we do have good players we 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 have great players they've got ability it's just applying applying that for an hour and a half once maybe twice a week and you know i'm i i'm not a great I don't have that much knowledge about League One players, but when I see the opposition team sheets, no, I haven't heard of 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 a lot of the guys that were playing. And when they pop, it's like some of the guys Wimbledon. I, I watched it on the train home. You know, the Wi-Fi cut out at, at the red card moment, and I'm like, "What's happening? What's happening? Oh my god!" And I'm like, "All the all like group texts are coming through," but then you see some of these guys pop up. Some of the guys Accrington, they were brilliant. You know, and and it's like, oh, they've signed him from like the Met Police, you know, like amateur team or whatever, and they've signed him from like flipping Northwich Victoria. You know, why aren't we, you know, rather than going to Ireland and signing useless people that look like Neymar, why don't we start, you know, <laughs> actually trying to find people that are that are decent? But and one, one, so I'm, so just one last I'm thing. going off on a tangent again. One last thing: AFC Wimbledon in. 20th, yeah, they've got a striker who scored 17 goals. Yeah, we've scored. Six, they're, all players, they're all players who are at like the, the peak of where they're going to play in their career, and they've, they've all worked so hard to get there. Our group of players yeah. don't feel like they should be in lead one. I don't want to be here, so what if I lose? I'm just no, you're not going to get another club. Like, you've got to wake up, you've got to wake up. But when you let go yeah. in the summer, who is going to take 33 year old Alan Judge or? 36-year-old Luke Chambers, probably someone like Burton Albion. You're not going to get any better than where you are now if you're if you're at yeah. that age and that point in your career. That's a, They'll be that's down a really good. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a really good point. That's a really good point, and and bless them. You know, if they do end up at Colchester, it'd be great because they won't have to move house. They won't have to take their kids out of school. Mm. But y- you know, it... <laughs> blimey, yeah. Can be on yeah. Harrods Town, mm. Stone Market. I've got a bit of money. 
don't they, Ross? They do, yeah, yeah. Reggie Reg- Lamb, yeah. Cambridge there's United. Also Cam- I mean, Cambridge. I say Cambridge. Yeah, good old Cambridge United, my favourite city. Beautiful place. Could be getting promoted, Cambridge. We could be playing them next season, so they'll yeah. be looking at better players. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I want to sort of move on now and talk about maybe off the pitch a bit um, because that's all good stuff, new door and all that. And, of course, we've got a new uh, chief executive, uh, Mark Ashton, previously at Bristol City. Um, you know, Bristol City fans are sort of on the fence with him. They like him, they don't like him, they liked what he did, but then he's done some other bad stuff. Um, but it's finally great to hear that we've got somebody who's going to be at the club day to day doing stuff that we need be doing because um, yeah. we haven't really had that for a while. And he knows his football. You know, we had Simon Clegg and Ian Milne previously. Leo Neal was just doing 100,000 jobs. Um, so really, we've got one man who knows his football, does day to day. I want to go over to you, Brad, first. I know this is something that you like to talk about and chat about. So, um it's just good news that um, Mark Ashton has been appointed. We, we sort of knew it was going to happen because it was getting rumoured. And I think that's what the Americans wanted. They wanted an English-based person to be there who knows his stuff. And he's here. And uh, hopefully that is a, a next step on the um, the fresh look at town. Yeah, I, I think this club doesn't know what is about to hit her. Um, you, you've got a championship CEO who has built that, who was with the owners. Because let's get this straight, right? Mark Ashton is not the owner of Bristol City. So Bristol City, stop blaming Mark Ashton for transfers because all he does is get on the phone to him and sort your transfers out. He's not the guy buying and selling players, right? Anyway, he is going to come in and he's going to tell home truths to people. He's going to be he's going to be he's going to raise the standards massively. He he's not going to believe what has been happening here for the last ten years. I I have I have been I don't, I don't know how my started like that. I have, a few years ago, I went to Newcastle alone and I was on the train to Peterborough and, well, the Ipswich Town team bus has pulled up to Peterborough Station because they didn't get the Virgin train up there with me, of course. And anyway, they get off the bus and all the spare is Mick McCarthy and Terry Connor and the players. I'm standing behind Mick McCarthy in the place to get my tickets. Mick McCarthy books the whole team in. I swear this is a story. He says for group, it's just a true story. He says, yeah, we've put the groups here, but that is literally how our club has been run. It's been the, the manager. Group's here, it's, 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 it's been the manager running the whole club. And Mick, Mick quite liked that, I think. I think he liked complete control. I think Paul, could, to an extent, does as well. He likes absolute total save of the transfers. But Bristol City have released things in the past saying that. Their guy, the, the managers always have the last say on transfers. Mark Ashton just facilitates them. But he'll be doing so much work in the background. And I feel like, I almost feel like our club is going to build again because Lee O'Neill, we all know he's not qualified to do the job that he does. And we're not just bringing in some lead one CEO or lead two CEO or somebody like a Lee O'Neill. We've, we've gone and headhunted this guy and got him to leave his post in Bristol to relocate four or five hours away, however long it is down the M4 and whatnot, but it's it's a massive statement in intent. And I think it's, this is the this is the signing I'm I'm most excited about. Um I've seen Sunderland documentaries and the way which the way which clubs are run. Jesus. And it's it's frightening. But we've we've got 
we've got a CEO coming in here who I hope is going to work with Cook. Yes, I, I 100% expect them to butt heads, to get in disagreements about stuff. But I bet you, when Paul Cook lays that list of transfers on Mike Ashton's table, he is getting them deals done. He is not going to have somebody like Leo Neal go, go on the other end of the phone and, oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. No, you, you can imagine <laughs> this guy negotiating. You can, ima- can you imagine? I, if I took the phone call from him, I, I have some interviews, so this, is, this isn't just coming from nowhere. He'd probably, I'd probably sell him a house for under 20000 what's worth. He's, he's, he, the players that he's bought in at Bristol City, not the players he's bought in, but the players he's negotiated for, you look at their squad. I would give, I would give an arm to have their squad. Well, not an arm, maybe a finger. But they players like Naki Wells, Thomas Callas, Adam Webster sold for twenty million. Uh, the boy Kelly at left back, he was then sold. They have a whole. The reason why Bristol City are not going up is because of their coach and their management. He has built that club, and as Stuart Watson has said, from from the ground up in the last few years, and the team where they've got Matt Pitch. Hell, I can dream about having that, that team on the pitch in one, one or two years' time, probably two. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the future with, with Mike Dash as CEO. And yes, it, it could all go up in flames because I do know he is a fiery character and so is Paul Cook, but the standards need raising. They can't just go at, a, go at a level line anymore. They can't just be okay with everything. This club needs a wake-up call and I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing for it. I saw you put your hand out there, Darren. I was going to go to you next anyway, because I'm going to brace all of you and myself. Um, was Lambert right about the structure of the club? Um, it wasn't right, and it's been needing, you know, he even said surgery or a lot of work had to be done. Uh, so maybe Lambert was right about one thing. Um, and now with somebody who's going to be there day to day, we're finally going to hopefully have that structure and recruitment may improve. Okay, so first of all, that's twice you mentioned his name. So yeah, that's two. Flat, that's two. Flat. That's that's two things in the in the swear jar. Um, yeah, I mean it's been evident. Um, uh, I tried to be quite balanced about Evans's time in you know in ownership of the club, um, but obviously one of the big mistakes and things that have been lacking has been someone running the club with the transfers and the commercial side of it and. Um, I don't, from everything I've read, and I've, and I've tried to read a bit um, about about um, Mark Ashton before but before this, I don't think we've had anyone running the club like him before. You know, previously, you know, the club that we romantically love has always been family-owned. You know, it's a real family club. You know, if, if you ask anyone in the country about Ipswich, those sorts of words would be would be used. Um, so to have someone coming in who is going to be very commercially savvy, he's going to be very driven, he's going to expect results from things that he puts in. Um, as, sec- as Brad said, not, that's going to ruffle people. You know, there's, not everyone's going to agree with all that. But at the end of the day, if, if the end result is standards improve, expectations improve, then... Um, you know, that's what's needed for the club. The club has just been drifting away, hasn't it, for for a decade or so now. And we, you know, this this new ownership, this is why it's so exciting with the, the new owners, because we've got people coming in who at the moment are saying fantastic things, investing in the squad. You know, they always cite the history 
of Portman Road and all that sort of stuff. Um, but but now, you know, every business is dependent on people who were in it. And um, who's the other? Mike O'Leary. Is it Mike O'Leary? Um, he gets it. You know, he... If if anyone has listened to his interviews, he's a he's a very smart guy. He knows football. He's he delivers everything very clearly. So any any you know Paul Cooks had a uh, you know had a few meetings with him, and I think if any of us you know we're lucky enough to go and have a chat with him, um, you know we um, we'd be only impressed. So if he's now got his Rockweiler guy coming in to kind of get stuff done. Um, it's going to be good. It may not last long. You know, his, his reigns at clubs um, have been kind of two, three, four years or so, that sort of thing. But um, if, it, if he's hit with us for four years and by then we're, you know, top end of the championship again, then, then happy days. I mean, and, that, and that's where I think all of us have forgotten. We've forgotten who Ipswich Town are, really. You know, it's, it's we're not, we, I mean, we are where we are, right? I'm not pretending that we're in League One and we shouldn't be, and because uh, we we deserve to be where we are because we're shit. But Ipswich Town, we have forgotten how what a fantastic club we are, and the fan base, the ground, and I know I sound like a bit of a Newcastle supporter now that we're a big club and all that, but we're a great club, and we shouldn't be floundering around with players who don't care uh, in League One. We shouldn't be. We should be. We're a good championship club is what I think we are. We're not a Premier League club, but we're a good. We should. That's where we should be. So that's that's get back there. I hear what Segs are saying about it might take, you know, we need to be patient, might take a couple of years to get up. I think screw that. That's that's get up next season. You know, we, we will have some investment. We'll have more money. We'll spend more money next season than anyone else. Uh, we'll probably need to because we won't have any staff left by the by the, <laughs> by the time June the first comes and everyone's contracts run out. Um, but we need to get back. Let's raise our expectations again, and and um, you know, let's get on and do it. Let's go and win. I, I want to. I do want to go up next year. I'm not saying I don't want to go up. There. I'm just. No, I, I think I do think next season will be the season that last year should have been. But I'm just saying we do need to be realistic and just think. I get, yeah, I get what you're saying, Thomas. But if 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 we are all saying, you know, press a massive reset button, it's going to take time for it all to come together, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's what that's what that's all I'm saying. You know, it's yeah. I'm not. I, I I do want to go up next season. I want. I do still think next season will be the season that last year should have been. I under Cook under these new owners, but at the same time, I am still thinking we need to be patient and just. If it doesn't quite work out next season, we still have, we'll get it right the next season afterwards. Yeah, you're right. And and what I would love us to get back to is is building something again, you know, because the, the transfers that have come and gone over the last ten, you know, fifteen years have all been very short term, haven't they? It's all been players come for a season, loads of loans in, you know, our squad is, you know, the glory days, you know, of like Burley's reign. He every year he built. And built, and we might have sold a player, but then we brought someone in. You know, he was bringing in players like, like Jamie Clapham, who was had something to prove. You know, he he, you know, didn't get didn't make it at Tottenham, came to us something to prove. You know, quality players like Mark Venus and 
experienced players like Mowbray. And then, you know, then we've got signings like Royce didn't, you know, didn't get his chance. Ajax came here. I want to prove, I want to, you know, and every year we just built and built and built and added and got better and better. And that's what I'd love us to, you know, let's get back to that rather than all this short-term stuff. On the different side, I shouldn't judge Ben that. Shouldn't Bennett's have been that? I mean, Bennett's had a point to prove, surely, not being... Yeah, but again, you know, I understand what you're saying, but he's another loan. Uh, I know, know, I'm just saying, we've got these players here, we've got Judging, who had a point to prove after getting injured. He hasn't really done that, has he? Uh, uh, he Yeah, to be He's been played out of position, I know, but, you know, we have got these players that have actually did have a point to prove as well, though. Yeah, Judge is a good example of, you know, he, he cannot play wide, and he's decent in the middle, but he... You know, probably most of his games has been played out wide, which is not which is not what he does. So um, it's a shame yeah, for him. Them players who rely on create who who rely on a system and a set way of playing, like the creative players do, I blame the coaching for that. I mean, I, I, Keenan Bennett's he's got talent. You can all see that. Um, and yes, he has been shocking at times this season, but I, I, I can't judge any any player that is past that halfway line on this season, mm. other than their endeavours now, because they've down tools. But in terms of creating chances, they've been taught to create pretty much zero chances per game for the last two years. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 yeah, the, the only thing I might not quite disagree with there, Brad, is if you're a winger like Bennett's, like Edwards, then you should be able to cross the ball Right. If you've been yeah. a winger all your, if you know, and none of them can, <laughs> you know, how many times, you know, Guion, um, he has a go, you know, doesn't he? You know, he does, he gets on the pitch and tries, but careful he what you say here, Darren. You know, he, he's Roscoe is in the light now. He sees him for, yeah, who he is. He yeah. does try. Yeah. I mean, he, I'm not saying he, he doesn't try, but he's, Guion <laughs> doesn't have the pace to get past his fullback. So he can't dribble past him, and then and even if he does get a chance, he can't. You know, his his delivery is really good. It's really good. Play on the left, and he's brilliant. We saw it at the start of the season. Yeah, is he though? Is he and, though? And on, on the left as well, um, he'd have Kenlock coming up beside him, wouldn't he as well? And just just having that overlap and run on the left allows you to do something cutting in, doesn't it? But well, it's been Wolfenden or Chambers pretty much all season um, at right back. And as a winner, when you want players to come and occupy the guy next to you so you can then break off and then run inside, mm. you, you've, you've had to do it all in your own. Like, I, I know it's getting a bit technical, but picking up on the other night, the wingers, Edward starts his position so deep in in the opposition half, not, not deep, since so near to the halfway line. You want the winner yeah. to be receiving the ball in line with the 18-yard bots, really. So yeah. then he can beat a man and then get across him. Edwards well, has yeah. to sprint past his man and another at least three or four touches until he's got to a crossing position to then put a ball in. And for me, again, that's coaching because, like Thomas has said, he can do it on the left. We, we've seen players do it. We've seen these guys do it, but they just they haven't been able to. Hmm. Matt, I've got, I saw your hand out. I want to briefly just chuck in, you know, you know, recent reported thing about Troy Parrott. Uh, apparently that Spurs are keen to maybe possibly load him back to town. Um, so Matt, 
take away what you want to say, but also you know, we'll, we'll quickly segue into Troy Parrott and um, 15 games, one goal, played for the under-23s instead of the first team on Tuesday. Um, a lot of thumbs down, a lot of shaky heads there. I think that's a no for everybody, but uh, Matt, over to you. So, so I'll put Parrot back on the shelf for, for a minute, <clears throat> or the shoulder. Um, I think the mark of a good team is 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 partnerships all over the pitch. You know, especially uh, fullback, central defence, central midfield, up front. I don't th- have we got any. I don't. I don't think we've got any partnerships at all. Any thing where you you know, and I'm not talking about like Sheringham and York or, or Cole and York or whatever. But we, we, we just don't have that. And yeah, our, our fullbacks should be looking to overlap wingers and, you know, two central midfielders, you know, one's dropping deep and one's bombing forward. But we've just been playing strange formations just, and I, I, I don't blame Lambert. I said that. I don't blame Lambert and I, and I don't blame Cook for trying multiple combinations of various weird asymmetrical stuff and, and, and things like that, because, you know, I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall where the manager speaks to the player and says, right, you know, I'm not going to do a Paul Cook impression. You know, I am quite a good mimic, but I'm not going to try it. But imagine getting like Andre Dezel in, right, Dozer, what's your best position? Luke Chambers, what's your best position? Jackson, what's your best position? Would, it, would any of the players be able to say, I'm a right back, I'm a left back, I'm a right midfielder, I'm a left midfielder, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, uh, I don't know, Troy Parrott, massive potential. He has, He's a bit like my boy Keenan Bennett on loan from Borussia Mönchengladbach. I think the thing to remember with Keenan Bennett is he's coming back from quite a serious injury and um, he didn't get a lot of playing time in the, like the, the Borussia much a Gladbach B team, and he's been. I don't think he's had a run of games, and and and, and players need games to build confidence to play well. And I think with, with Parrot, he's been played in a few different positions, within a few different formations as well. So as much as I do think he's quality, I think where we are now, our starting point from like Darren said, like first of June, thirty first of May time in you know what two months time what are we going to be left with i would really like to see some of the younger players because we are we are a third division club you know players in our academy should be coming through you know to sit on our bench to start starting games and, and coming on and things like that you know you look at the amount of opposition teams that we play and players that have come through youth systems, you know, the amount of teams that we play that have got like three or four teams, or not not teams, three or four players on their bench that are like 18, 19 years old, you know, and our, and our boys are having to go out on loan to, to Kings Lynn. So, yes, as much as I would like to see Parrot here, because I, I do think he's decent, he, he's not a world beater, but he's only young, but he's he's a full international at the end of the day, let's 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 not forget. I would like to see some of our younger players start to be given a chance because if they're not going to have a chance now, then when are they? You know, they're certainly not going to get it when we sign twenty-five players, are they? So, who knows? Yeah. Um, Sex. I saw you put your hand up during match chat. Um, what do you want to add? And also on Parrot. I was going to say about the partnership. Um, the only one I can think of really is Enciano Wilson. <laughs> Considering Wilson's injured, it's, you know, it's 
quite a throwback, really, considering to what we've had this season. But they're the only partnership I can really really think about at the moment. Um, apart from that, there isn't that many. Um, in terms of Parrot, I like him. He seems okay. Um, I'm a bit divided on the... I'd, want, I'd rather we signed our own players. Um, sort of brought him in as our own. But if, if it's an option that came up, I wouldn't be too fast. I mean, if, if Cook was going to use him and like, put him into a team of his own, then he might do better for us. So, you know, if that's an option that he chooses, that's fair enough. Um, I'm a bit undecided on that one at the moment. Um, uh, what was I going to say? In terms of Bennett's, I agree with uh, Bono as well. I'd much rather have um, like Lancaster playing instead of Bennett's, to be honest, at the stage. Um, he's He's our own player. Bennett hasn't really given much to us. He hasn't done anything for us. So um, in terms of that, I'd bring Lancaster in. I was going to go back to a point that Brad made earlier as well about um, the, the story that he told us. Uh, I've always said that Mick was active chairman for us. Um, you know, the, buying the tickets at the train station and stuff like that. So I think that, that just explains to us exactly what we need. We need someone like Ashton coming in, you know, a proper footballing guy. He, who took Bristol City under his wing and built him up the way he has done, what took him as far as he can do. So, you know, to bring someone in that's experienced in that under O'Leary, um, who speaks highly of Ipswich, we heard that in his interviews, you know, he's, I think Stu said he's his, like, they're, we're his second team, aren't we? I mean, after the uh, FA Cup, yeah, FA Cup uh, 1978 season. So, um, you know, he obviously knows his stuff about us and Ashton as well as a good footballing guy. He, it's better than what we've got now under Leo Neal. If Bristol City want to say negative stuff about Ashton, I don't really care because we've had O'Neill, Cleggan and Milne to talk about. So, you know, it's, it must be better in the long term than what we've had in the past. So, but yeah, um, like I said, I'm so excited. Matt? Bono? What <laughs> 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 one of them? Call, call, call me Matt. Um, I just can't get the image. <laughs> I've been called worse. I just can't get the image out of my head, thanks to Brad's um, anecdote um, of of Mick McCarthy kind of sitting on those gorgeous trains on that on that kind of West Coast main line and saying, "Come on, Tubby, come on, you sit here, lad. Come on, come on." Um, but Terry, you sit there. Murphy, over there. Chambers at the back. You know, it's incredible. Stood behind him. He's bringing the whole team in. Terry's in there as well. And outside, all gathered in the undercover shelters of a squad. I was thinking, big on Webster. It, if it's, it, 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 if it's, it's if, it if, if I can, I, I, I can actually um, kind of vindicate your story slightly, Brad, because I've actually been on a train with Fulham um, to Manchester Piccadilly and then, and then being back on the same train. And um, I've seen pretty much the same thing. Of course, also that they they played Manchester United that day. Of course, also on that train were all of the Manchester United fans travelling from London to Manchester and they're back again. So um, <laughs> there you go. But yes, I've seen. I think it was Edwin Van der Schaar was booking in the whole team, which was quite good. And Stern John, or is it John Stern? I don't know. But he was. And John, we was signed. Great. Like, we signed Stern. It was great. The Dutch is very good. Your Dutch is very good. Thanks. Oh. I like to play. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just to say about Parrot, I, I, I wouldn't have him um, because just for the loan system, you know, the, the, from my point of view, I'd be liking us to use the loan system 
to either plug gaps in the squad that we don't have or bring in someone who is going to be so much better than than what we have. Um, we all know we've been far too dependent on the on the loan market over the years, you know, um, at, at the expense of building a squad because we've just had a new squad every year, depending on who we could get on loan. Um, you know, and if, you know, obviously Mick McCarthy was great. You know, Tom Lawrence came in and uh, Selena and, you know, we had some real quality players. And I, I just don't, I personally, I don't see Parrot as some, you know, genius striker who's going to get us 20 goals. So that's get him on loan. He's, he's, we're developing someone else's, uh, you know, youth. So we've got enough of that. I mean, the, the other thing, you know, there, there is a lovely, obviously romantic idea that we bring through kids from our youth academy and we develop them and put them in the team. And Ipswich has always been known for that. But if the if the squad if the players that we've got in our academy at the moment aren't good enough, then that's that isn't going to work. You know, we can throw them in. Obviously, some of them haven't had a chance in Darba. I feel really sorry for him because I think all of us saw him once or twice, certainly in a friendly and St John's, Papa John's, wherever it is, trophy. He looked he looked pretty decent. Um, you know, and we're in League One, so why you know why wasn't he playing? But um, I saw yeah. him crash his car in Darba. Underbar, yeah, he crashed his BMW. I think it was when we lost against Fleetwood at home, was it? You actually yeah, saw it. Uh, you were a witness for the insurance form. <laughs> <laughs> I may have witnessed the aftermath of him standing looking at his car oh. on um, like Bridge Street, thinking, oh. oh, bollocks, I've just crashed my car in front of all of the Ipswich fans walking from the railway station to the That's ground. Not That's not good. No, bless one him. thing I want to one thing I want to mention. I'll go over to you, Brad. Is um, you know, the, the youth team. They recently got the court, to the quarterfinals of the youth cup. They beat um, Borough on Saturday lunchtime. Um, they'll be taking on Bristol City or Sheffield United in in the quarters. Uh, that'll be at Portland Road. So they're getting close to you know maybe getting to another final. You know, we've won it three times before. Um, you know, recently in two thousand and five. So you know, this next crop. A lot of people are talking about the next crop, the like under 15s and stuff, under 16s, they were like going to be really good. So maybe they'll get a chance possibly. But um, Brad, over to you. Uh, and then we'll get into our predictions for Chelten at the Valley. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been the big debate all season, hasn't it? The, the lone players, as Darren was saying, have got to be so much better than what you've got to to warrant them. Because then otherwise, why not? Why are you not playing Corey and Darby over Mark McGuinness? Mark McGuinness hasn't had a successful spell here. And because players get better in your mind as the longer they haven't played, I see some people calling for him now, but a guy did store an own goal and then penalties every other game pretty much. Um, but I think Endar will come back and actually have quite a significant input next year because he's been getting really good really good uh, reports from Air United, hasn't he? And um, he's the sort of player who could would like. But... Yeah, I mean, on Parrot, I wouldn't have him um, because of because of that. I I think if you're going to go and get a strike this season, it has to be who Paul could once in his number nine. We don't really know what Troy Parrot is, do we? He's he's a really <laughs> really good footballer, um, technically, but you don't you don't really know how to get the best out of him. So if Kutzman's on a striker, he's going to have him as his number nine, his big man, his target man running in behind whatever he's going to do, and he's now going to have money to do that. So why on earth would you go and get Troy Parrott on loan 
from Spurs. It, it wouldn't make any sense. It was what McCarthy had throughout his years, like you were saying with Fraser and that. You had a core of players, but then you had that excellent winger from Bournemouth who was that much better, who really added something special and just looked so much better than the rest of the squad. That's, that's what the loan market is for. Um, I just want to say, like I said earlier about the expectations that have been set for us, I know we're still on the power of Mark Ashton chat, but the club has just got such low expectations within itself. How McCarthy, I was never really a massive, massive McCarthy fan because in the end, he created an us versus them mentality, didn't he? A, a, bit, a bit on the pitch against Hull at the end. Um, wasn't really much of a pressure to win every week. McGoldrick came out and said exactly that. But when we got relegated under Hurst, we were down in October, is exactly what he said. There's no belief, there's no expectation. Lambert comes in, tells them how good they are, tells them you're all absolutely brilliant. And then as we start criticising them, he then creates us versus them, just the same as McCarthy did. Like, don't listen to them. Like, like, put your fingers in, put your fingers in your ears, lads. It'll all be all right. What we need is somebody to raise the standards and the expectations, and all drive together. Everyone's got to pull in the same direction. There can't be any more us versus them. But if that's how you're going to motivate yourself, what what is that? Oh, he said, I'm, I'm yeah. Um, Matt in, Matt in the YouTube lot, he said I was crap uh, last Saturday. I'm going to go out and prove him wrong. God, if that's your motivation, Jesus, your motivation is surely to to move up levels in football, to go and play in the championship, to go and play in the Premier League. Yeah. It's, it, and how, how that's going to change is a massive clear out because our squad at the moment, what you want is you want a team of underdogs and a team of people who can handle pressure. You kind of want a nice mix of that. I don't see really any underdogs. I think that's why Drinan Drinan is getting so much game time. It's because he works his bloody arse off and he wants to prove the manager that he can do it. Um, and then you've got your, your older players who, who who don't seemingly be able to handle pressure either and there's no real like, belief there. So... I don't be surprised if Paul Cook signs all his mates from Wigan, just as McCarthy did when he signed all his mates from Wolves and Ireland. Because there'll be players who Cook can trust. Lee Evans, yes, please. He can come in and sit that centre midfield. He, he, he knows he can trust him. Players like that, um, yes, get them into our football club and just change this culture, change this losing culture. But Captain Chambers created no one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's look. Um, well, I was about to say look ahead to Charlton, but as yeah. we already know, um, six games to go. Um, and um, if you're saying the players don't don't care, then yeah, we've got we've got filling six games to come. Then um, Charlton, um, I still have scars from the the previous fixture with them at Port and Road. Of course, the two 0 defeat. Uh, we had a lot of the ball. I just looked back. We had sixty three percent possession, but only had. Three shots on target. Um, they had three shots as well. Nine, um, nine shots, three on target, and they scored two goals. Um, Bogle, of course, scored the goal. Um, we just strike that I've liked. Uh, they're currently above us. They're currently eighth, two points in front of us. Um, of course, they've got a new manager now in Nigel Atkins. Um, of course, Bogle's gone to Birmingham. Um, what do you reckon, prediction-wise? We're just, we're just, we're just going to wrap this bit up because I think 
getting to games now and talking about games, we're just we're just getting tired because it can't get any worse. Surely, please don't say it can get any worse than Ersley Wimbledon on our Tuesday night. Um, so, Brad, over to you first. Um, what do you reckon? I was about to go on a little. This can go one or two ways, but you know what, Ross, you, 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 you're right. It doesn't matter what I say. Um, uh, uh, I still, yeah. I'm, I'm interested, but um... no, no. As, it, as, as, it, as in, like we know, like we, we, we predict wins most weeks, don't we? We, we can't. We just want these players to do something, but we're let down time and time again. Um, yeah, I, I think I think this this game comes down to pressure and who can handle pressure. Um, Charlton will feel the pressure because they're one place above us and it doesn't matter how poor we are at the minute. They don't want this game really, do they? They want to get in that top six and they don't want to be playing a team that's directly below them who could, who could leapfrog them. So if these players suddenly suddenly sets into their souls that they're either here next season or not and just kind of take it with that attitude now, like nothing to lose sort of thing because it almost feels like the playoff... The, for me, the playoffs are over. So, if if you really if you really just go for it and just leave it all on the table, yeah, I'm doing it all on that. I'm doing exactly what I said I was going to not do. Um, but I could get something from the game. But no, two 0 defeat. You'll get splinters, Brad. You'll get splinters. Okay. Um, is anybody else going to stay on the fence, or are they going to go for a defeat, or are they going to keep? Because it's some, you know, it's is hard to predict a defeat against the team you you love and support. But as we know, the hope that's the hope that kills you with yeah, well, predicting wins, I, Darren. Yeah, well, I think um, I, I had a quick look chart, and over the last eight games, so all of March and April, they've played eight games. They've won five and drawn three. They haven't lost any in the last. So, if you're looking for a team, yeah. Well, if when at some point in a promotion season. There's always a team that just hit and got and off they go. And Charlton are ticking that box there. That they're in for um, and they're going to spank us. You know, it, it, it's they've just beaten Sunderland and Doncaster over the last few weeks. It's not like they're playing uh, Rochdale at the bottom of the league and winning because we all know how difficult that is. Um, but the, yeah, they've been playing decent sides and beating them. And uh, at, at the right t- for them, the right time. So they're, they're going to. We could lose this three or four nil. I, I, I really think this one could get really messy. So that's my prediction. We're going to uh, get some... right up it. Good. Good thing is um, the game is at lunchtime, so at least we have the rest of our evenings to enjoy our lives. Um, instead that's of, you true. Know, that's true. Um, Although I've just, I've just I've just gone on a diet now, though, so there'll be no pies for me at lunchtime. Oh, it's very very depressing. Fair play. Um, Sex, what do you reckon then? Charlton? Not that optimistic. I mean, when we played them earlier in the season, they didn't even have a centre-back playing for it and we couldn't Mm. even capitalise on that. So, you know, that tells you all you need to know. Um, I'm going to say we'll lose 2-0. We're going to save us Brad. I can't can't see us doing much. We're at that point now where the season's over. Um, these players don't seem to care. Uh, if he changes it, plays more youth, it might, might make a difference. But like Darren said, they're, they're the informed team at the moment and um, they seem to be pushing on. It's, it's a shame, but yeah, I'm going to go for my first defeat prediction under Cook. <laughs> but yeah, 
yeah, that's what I'm going for. Um, and then obviously, what what will probably happen will be a two 0 win for us. The judge will score on both, and he's got a new contract. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm not looking forward to the game. Um, I'll probably watch it, but I reckon the Prince Philip Phillips funeral will be more entertaining than that. <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> um, move on, move on, um, and then over to you, Matt, to finally wrap up the predictions for Charlton. Oh dearie me! Um, I like going to the Valley. I'm gutted that we can't go. Um, I do like the Valley. Nice little way. I was going to say that actually. I was going to say that. Yeah. Said. Well, the last time I went, we lost six 0 in a friendly. That was um, not good. <laughs> no, it's a last friendly, time, but last time I went was no hunt. Oh, I love beautiful. going there. I love beautiful. going there. Beautiful. Um, but that's a long time ago now. Um, so, Matt, are you going to be positive um, to end the show with positive stuff? But um, I think we, we pretty much know it's not going to be a great get- watch. Um, no, we're going to win 1-0. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna shithouse it and we'll be like stupid, stupid twats like me. are going to be like, oh, there's still a chance. There's still a chance. We're going to sneak in those playoffs. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. We've recalled Elkin Baggett from Kings Lynn. And, you know, it's fantastic. But no, you just like Ipswich nowadays is like a bit like a pass the parcel. You, you don't know what you're going to get when you when you unwrap it. Do you? You just don't know what Ipswich are going to turn up. Um, so, yeah, we are going to we're going to. Yeah, one nil shithouse chambers. He's gonna do I think he's gonna do a fist pump as well. One last <laughs> one last hurrah. Will we I don't know, can we predict are we gonna see any more fingers in the ears? No. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Cause either yeah. e- either Cook has told our striker the one that's supposed to be really good to delete Twitter or they've been told not to do fingers in the ears. I don't, I don't know whether both, both have been done, but it's like, there's a real, like there's a perverse part of me that really wants to see fingers in the ears again, just so I can say <laughs> you twats, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? You know, you know, do that when you're on the podium of the Parc de Prance with the champions league in your hands, you know, but not when we're like beating Blackpool. <laughs> I'm sorry, because it's just like it's not the same, guys. Come on, live in the now. Uh, Bristol Rovers on the opening day or the second game of the season, like James is doing it. So, yeah, that feels a very long time ago. A lot has happened since then. And uh, Brad, like four years ago, wasn't it? It feels like four years ago, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like we've had year, Christmas, Easter, you know, Ramadan, all sorts, and then <laughs> like you know. <laughs> I, I really, I really, really, really hope we do get some results on this running. Not for me, not for the players, but for Paul Cook. I just, no, I agree. just please do yeah. it for Cookie because if if he goes in to the, the off season, if we, we've just <laughs> two wins to his name, just two wins to his name, how does that look to the new owners? And we we can all see it. We we all know what the problem is. But people who don't watch the team every week, the the Americans. How are we going to see that? So just please try and put some performance in for your manager because he does not deserve this. I think you, yeah. I think you, you, you touched on it earlier, Brad, didn't you? Um, and I think Segs uh, 
and and Darren did as well. You, you, you know, there are people that were judging Paul Hurst after nine games. There's a very popular Twitter account that's been saying this very thing. Um, you know, why should we give Paul Cook time when everybody was slating Paul Hurst for exactly, you know, after exactly the same amount of games? Yeah, transfer window. And, exactly, yeah. And whilst stupid. the situation is, stupid. is quite similar, yeah. it's also very, very different. You know, Hurst came in, made some sweeping changes. You know, he looked to knock down the hierarchy and 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 we we have all had a conversation about that very thing being done. So on let's just side, and I don't want to. Hope I don't it want to out slightly. Context on the flip side. I don't. I don't want to defend these people too much. But Nick came in. <laughs> these Nick people. Came, <laughs> what do you mean? These people are the people who are, you know, going against Cook at the moment, or seem to be anyway. But idiots, you mean? Yeah. What on the flip side though? Mick came in and he actually turned Jules side around. And this was after Rich. I think it was Brad who shared it. I'm uh, not Brad. Harvey, sorry, shared it the other day. Richie went and said these players don't care under Jules. Yeah. And then Mick came in and absolutely turned it around. So on the flip side, yeah, I can kind of see their argument, but at the same time, these are players. He got DJ Campbell on loan. He scored ten goals in ten games. No, no, no I know. Oh. No, I do know. <laughs> what that. Baller. Campbell. He, what he, baller. He is like, a Paul Jewell, Paul Jewell, manager. Jewell, Paul Jewell signed him originally. Yeah, Paul Jewell signed him originally. And then, yeah. you know, Mick, you know, he's still here, but his wages are too much to sign him permanently or get him on loan longer. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, what Mick did what when did he came instead, in... Didn't he? What did he instead, didn't he? Yeah. What, what Mick did when he came in there, he, he tightened everything up, didn't he? Because we were leaking goals for fun. He tightened everything up. And we'd still have enough quality to nick a goal. Whereas now... Cook doesn't have enough quality to even nick a goal, does he? So. No, no, I agree. I'm just saying I, there, there is a flip side to it. Even if I disagree with what these people are saying, <laughs> there is still that flip side there, isn't there? That's what I was throwing yeah. out. Okay. I think that is where we shall finish up. Um, Paul Cook's Barmy Army and all that. Um, off the pitch, it's all rosy. On the pitch, it's a shit house show. Um, will Matt's prediction be right? Will we shit house a 1 0 win? I just I can't see us scoring a goal. Um, we haven't scored a goal. Um, well, it was like a long time ago now. Um, but there we go. Segs, Dazza, Brad and Matt. Thank you for joining me as ever on Game Day Extra Time. Hopefully everyone has enjoyed listening. A lot of different things, chatting about, debating about, discussed. It's been another great show. Um, if you enjoy, make sure to leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And also follow us on all of the Kings of Anglers social medias on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, um, have I missed anything? I don't know if I have. No, I haven't. I don't think TikTok. so. No, TikTok is never happening. Um, never, never going to happen. Um, never just, say never. Uh, never. Um, but there we go. I've been Ross. Thank you very much. And up the town, the summer is going to be exciting. So fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a beautiful ride. Bye-bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.